Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who, like us, live on a steady diet of popcorn and other different kinds of movie snacks, like those special grape-flavored red vines that they have every once in a while, mm. which are literally the like so good, mm. and they don't have them enough. Uh, as always, uh, my name is Rick Williamson, your most very best movie friend, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how are we doing today? Doing well, you know. We had a great movie weekend. We did a late movie weekend. We did, we did. Saw the <laughs> the Mummy, which uh, Tom surprise, Cruise. surprise, surprise, a remake. That's yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. It is a re- it is a remake of a remake of a remake. And we do live in a remake world. It's a it's a remake in a re- we do <laughs> in a remake in a our our world is constantly being remade. That's a great point. I, a re- I actually was just I saw our high school. I went back to our old high school, and they did a Even play. Even though they're doing room They remakes. remade the play I was in. That just means you're old. I'm that old now. You are that they're that remaking old. my own shit. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. Well, what's your point? What's wrong with remakes? There's just so many. I mean, we're in the we're in the we're in the age of zero creativity. We're talking nine out of ten movies. It seems these days are remakes. Remake Palooza. It's true. Yeah. Is that what we're dubbing it? So we we obviously have the most recent one, the one we you and I saw, which we're going to talk about later today, right? Which is the Mummy. Tom, um, Tom Cruise is the Mummy. But I figured, given that we went and saw yet another remake, mm-hmm. I figured we'd go through some of the recent remakes that there has been. Okay, um, and it's <laughs> gonna be a long ass list. And, and we have everything from well, and this is something you and I were discussing before as well. What is the difference between a reboot? And a remake. Ooh. Can it be? Can they be one in the same? I guess in they, some situations. I guess they could in some situations. Because what would you call? Because we'll go from this year, Beauty and the Beast, straight up. That's a straight re- remake, like a live action remake. Yeah, it's the same exact story. They yeah. didn't change anything in nope, the story. They even brought the same songs. It's the exact same story. It's the exact same movie, and it made five hundred million dollars. Whereas we have this Mummy, right? Which I would consider more of a maybe one in the same. Maybe reboot, a one in the same. Remake. It's, a, it's a remake reboot. I mean, it's hard when you like use the same title as the previous movie. Like that's pretty much a remake. Yeah. Um, but we can look at one of last year's biggest flops from a box office standpoint mm-hmm. in Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, and, and that was well, that's a straight. Reboot? That's a both. It's I mean it's the same thing. So Ghostbusters are actually really interesting. So Ghostbusters came out. Um it had nothing to do now we'll get into this in a second, but Ghostbusters came out, it had nothing to do with the original. It wasn't set in the same world as the original. Peter Vankman and Ray Stans and Zed Moore and Egon, they didn't exist in this world. No, one of them was a taxi driver. It was an or yeah, one of them was a one of them was a taxi driver, one of them was one's uncle. Um, Harold Ramis, pour one out for Harold Ramis. He wasn't around, so they pour made out. they made a statue for him and had him be in that. You know, which is cute. Um, but other than that, it was a straight again origin story of the Ghostbusters becoming the Ghostbusters. Yep. Um, I would call that a remake. I, at the same time, like you know, they're trying to reboot a franchise. Exactly. So it's probably it's. I guess that one probably falls in the middle somewhere. Like, when is it a sequel? When is it a remake? When is it a reboot? I think what the most 
what what studios are doing lately with some of their older franchises, particularly the two most obvious ones are Jurassic Park and Star Wars, is they are rebooting the franchise whilst not disregarding everything that came before. They're basically sure. – and I think that that's really smart because you have these franchises that are 25, 30 years old that they could milk not only the nostalgia factor out of it for people like you and me and people older than you and me, but then they can get the new people on. And the way they do that is by combining the two. And I think sure. that that's really smart. I think that you get Jurassic World where everything that happened in the first three movies still exists, is still valid, and then we just carry it forward with little touches. Same thing with Star Wars. That's where I think Ghostbusters really blew it by saying that none of this none of this matters, none of this happened before. That's what pissed off a lot of the the you know crabby fans. <laughs> well, and if you think about it, if if there's one franchise that was due for a complete let's disregard what happened in the past, but they didn't do that, it'd be X-Men. Oh god, yeah. Um X-Men they basically killed everybody at the end of the first three at movies. The third, well, yeah, I mean, well, and not only that, but then they cured half of them. They took away some of their powers. They made a bunch of random Wolverine and movies then, that went off on tangents. That's true. And then they had made First Class. And First Class was, for the most part, a hard reset. Like For the most part. It, I mean, they said, we're going to start before all that other crap right. started. We're so going to we're gonna take, you know, these characters back way before all these right. things we're going to do an origin story obviously right so it didn't invalidate the other three although with the second one that came out days of future past uh boy did they i ba- loved what they did they basically were like uh brett ratner came in and yeah we fucked up on the third one everyone so we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna change history we're gonna have a fight we have way too good of a wolverine like we have like you can't you can't have a new Wolverine after Hugh Jackman's been it for like what seems like three decades, like ten movies, well, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. and so that was their only way to okay well, we're gonna ignore this retarded story that <laughs> that, that we did in that movie we did three. over here. And we're gonna ignore what we did. We rushed the Phoenix Saga and we made her a sub character in her own movie. We also had Patrick Stewart, which was like I'm pretty sure he was. Professor X. Yeah. I mean, if you read the comics and then you yeah. thought to yourself, who sh- should play Professor Him. X? There was one answer. Yeah. There was not multiple answers. There no. was one answer. <laughs> For like ever since he was on Star Trek, everyone knew like that's Professor X. Yeah. Like you make a movie. You can call him Captain Kirk, but that's or uh, uh, Picard. Ooh. Picard. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you can call him Picard, but he is he is Professor X. <laughs> I know that that's probably one of the most embarrassing mix-ups that you've ever made as, as a diehard Trekkie as you are. Yeah, but yeah, know. that's but th- that's interesting. I mean, I think a reboot is something where they, um, man, a remake or a reboot. I God, remakes are just I think typically just the same straight movie. I mean, there's got to be a lot of similarities between the previous version and the next version. And I and I think remakes are more difficult because you're basic especially if you're taking a good movie. Right. Because everybody's going to be comparing apples to apples like you did this story exactly the same. Right. So why is it supposed to be better, better than like the actors have got to be better. Everything's got to be better. Music's got to be better. Like everything's got to be better. So let me throw this one at you. Yeah, I think I've cracked it. Let's see. 
remakes are like one-offs. Like we're going to talk about some remakes in just a little bit where it's 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 a one-off, it's a straight remake. All right? A movie was made in 1942 and we're going to remake it again in 2017. We're just going to redo it. Okay? A reboot I think is purely based around a franchise. Sure. I think when you do three Spider-Man movies and then you recast and you t- I think yeah, you're I think you're re- I think that is your reboot. That is if it is tied to a franchise. So if it continues on an existing franchise and doesn't disregard the past, it's just another sequel. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, because in the case of the Spider-Man movies, like they pretty much made the same, they told the same stupid ass no, so story. Spider-Man would be a reboot, but would Star Wars then, in essence, just be an additional sequel? Yeah, Star Wars would be... Technically, X-Men would be that as well, because... Technically, X-Men would. Technically, Well, that's what's so brilliant about Jurassic World is... That's what's so brilliant about the way that they did it, is that it is both a... I think a remake is its own thing, because we talked about it could be a remake and a reboot, okay? I think a remake is its own thing. Like... um, uh, I have, like, we're going to talk about monster movies, which I'm very excited yep. about. I have at least three remakes, if not four, on my list that are just straight remakes. This movie existed, I remade it, and we did it differently. I think that's its own thing, and a reboot sequel are the ones that can be combined because that's what Jurassic World is. Jurassic World is a reboot sequel. That's what The Force Awakens is. Well, and then you have... Going back to Star Trek, what they did with Star Trek, which was we're going to retell these same characters, but we're going to do something right away in the first movie that allows us to do whatever the heck we want. Right. But it still keeps the previous movies It's still Captain Kirk. It's still Bones. It's still Scotty. And all those adventures still happen. All those adventures still happened. It's just on a different timeline. Exactly. Which was was the genius thing that they did. Because everybody already loved those characters, so they didn't have to establish a bond with you again about who these characters are. And they didn't have to be... And they realized that they didn't want to just remake the first what six movies of the yeah. original se- series like they want to take these characters and tell new and different stories and how did they do that with a time loop and a yep. multiple universes and multiple timelines and stuff like that which is like before it used to be super confusing now it's like oh yeah multiple timelines sure. this happening over here we get that all the time it's easy <laughs> um I mean, some and some succeed, like Star Wars, like Jurassic World. The fact that The Force Awakens and Jurassic World came out in the same year is crazy to me. Those are two of some of the highest. Those are two of the yeah. highest grossing movies of all time, and they came out in the same year. The studios were swimming in money. When's the next Avatar coming out? They keep pushing that shit back. By the time it comes out, it will be like a decade from the last movie, more than a decade. Which is crazy. Hopefully, to it me. falls on the same year as the next Jurassic, another Jurassic, and uh, another Star Which is, Wars. Well, now we can have all the money. And I hope that the Avatar, like I enjoyed Avatar. I really liked Avatar. I did too. Um, it's certainly talked about in a very weird light nowadays. Like a lot of people are shitting on it, or a lot of people. are All just those people like, that went and saw it four times in theaters yeah. are now crapping. Uh, <laughs> it's the same movie as we talked about this in the yeah. first one. Like you can only tell so many stories. It's just how you tell them. And James Cameron managed to tell that story in such an innovative way technologically speaking but i hope that the interest is still there i mean i think worldwide it ain't gonna matter i think it could make two billion dollars worldwide no matter what but if it's not then hopefully avatar land in 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 disney world keeps that interest going as well 
because that's that's big. Yeah. That the rides there, I've seen, I've I've watched on the YouTube, and that shit is crazy. So here's here's some of the, and and see if you agree. I'm, I I pulled from a number of different sites here, okay. a number of different failed reboots as they're calling it okay this okay. is not according to you but according to these sites this is according to these sites gotcha. and, and a lot of them i agree with so we're going to do them in no particular order first up we have uh indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull listen, i figured i'd start with this one because i knew it'd be controversial because you're, you're gonna bring it up all right all right listen this is a straight sequel this is not a reboot this is not a remake this is a straight sequel with core characters okay and yeah listen okay (laughs) i i can't just i don't like the fact that it included aliens okay and i don't like shia labeouf swinging on the monkey scene either okay but you take those two pieces out of that movie and, and, and okay, and the nuclear fridge, like, take that out too. No, everybody <laughs> nuked the fridge and blah, blah, blah. You take those three things out of that movie, which are admittedly terrible, and I'm pretty sure are all the idea of George Lucas, who, as we know, is is going senile, apparently. <laughs> That's a, that is a solid, not a great, but a solid Indiana Jones movie. Sure. That has some really... Great sequences. That whole truck fight in the jungle, minus the monkey swinging, minus the, the ants sequence, um, the uh, the the fight in the in the laboratory and in the town, um, the chase through the college. Like those are some those are some really good moments. Yeah. Um, and I and I enjoy, I enjoy it. I don't care. Make me another. <laughs> they're making another Indiana Jones movie. It's gonna come come out in uh, in two years. Whatever, I'll be there. I'm in indie forever. So we've got all right, all right. So so I I would agree with that. I I would agree that was more of a sequel than yeah. than anything. I mean, you've got Harrison Ford in it. So right. to me, you can't really call it a reboot when you've got the same main character as you've always had. Now, if they would have tried to like um, bookend like Harrison Ford, like at the beginning and the end, like old Harrison Ford telling stories about oh when I was young, and sure. then you flash back to Chris Pratt or whoever. Yeah, that's that's a reboot. That's yes. a sequel reboot. Yes. Okay. All right. So we'll lump these two together. Terminator Salvation and Terminator Genesis. Ugh. Um, they're, I, they're not a lot of fun things I can say. <laughs> and listen, I'm the movie lover. I'm the guy that loves movies. Like these are as as action movies, like they're okay. Um, they're fine. Like Terminator Genesis particularly had some interesting concepts. It had some really good special effects in terms of bringing Arnie back, making young Arnie, and and explaining old Arnie. And it had some pretty decent sequences, like the bus, that bus sequence where they mm-hmm. flipped the bus. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and the way that they sort of mirrored the first Terminator, like the Terminator 1. Yep. Um, but that movie's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Salvation is just... Salvation is really fucking weird. It is weird. Like, especially the way that they decided to end it. Um, John Carter or John John Carter. John, which that's a whole other that's a whole other failed. We need a little beeper button. Here. That's a whole other failed franchise. Um, but uh, John Connor, um, di- like pr- pretty much dying, and then. Uh, Fucking Sam Worthington, flavor of the month. Sam Sam Worthington is like, give him my heart. Like what? <laughs> what is happening? It, there's so much convoluted shit 
when really all we all wanted was just let's see the future war. Yeah. Like, let's see the future war. Let's make one more movie. See the future war. Have it end with them sending back the thing and whatever. And then that's the last Terminator movie. But instead, they keep, like, fucking with it. And, like, no, that wasn't the only, only Terminator movie they sent back. And it's like... I understand with time travel that you can you can kind of do whatever you want, but Jesus Christ, it's not that hard. Bring James Cameron. Apparently, James Cameron's coming back to work on it some more. I, I guess it's not dead yet. Shockingly, I don't know. I can't. Which is amazing to me. All right, next next two. I'm lumping these two together as well because they're both appropriate this year. Mm. Um, you've got Superman Returns. <laughs> Okay. The Kevin Spacey. Okay. <laughs> Lex Luthor one. All right. And Planet of the Apes, Marky Mark. Oh, my God. Are These came out in the same year. Is that why you're lumping them together? No, I'm lumping them together because they were both supposed to be the start of, of franchises. franchises. And both of them ended after movie one. And now they have since rebooted, rebooted them <laughs> already. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> the new franchises. Yes. Okay. Um, I actually really like Superman Returns, um, except for one thing. They made Superman a mopey-ass emo stalker, basically. Um, and he's now been banned to TV. Yeah, he's doing fine. He's I know. working. Brandon Routh is doing fine. He's 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 doing more than half the actors in Hollywood. He's got steady he's paycheck. He's the Adam. He's the Adam. And he's like one of the best parts of Le- uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. Um, but like that movie had some really iconic imagery. Um, it had some really soft cinematography. Like I remember that movie as if it was a, like filmed in a haze. Yeah. Um, Count Spacey was a really good uh, uh, Lex Luthor. His Luther. plan might have been fucking retarded <laughs> uh, because like I'm gonna build a whole landmass and then land and land and land. Except your landmass is a is a rock. Like there's no value to that at all. You're building a rock. Um, and you know the fact that. We want Superman to punch something, which Zack Snyder had Superman punch a shitload of things in Man of Steel. But yeah, I, I thought that that was like uh, that was a loving homage to the previous Superman movies. Um, it just was too mopey. It was too um, like okay, uh, Brian Singer turned turned the X Men into like a gay allegory, which worked really well for the X Men mutants and and are you a mutant? Are you not a mutant? Like that that actually worked really well for yeah. that. But then they tried to do the same thing with Superman, like I'm an outsider and I'm the only one of my kind and I'm. A, it's like you don't need to do that with Superman. Like he's been a human his entire life. Like he yeah. shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Um, and then Planet of the Apes. Uh, Tim Burton, Marky Mark. Christ. Um, Really great makeup. Amazing makeup. I think it won Academy Award for makeup. I think it also won a Raspberry Award, too, um, for worst remake. But, yeah, that movie sucks. That movie has some great makeup effects and a crazy big cast. And that movie is a piece of shit. And the only reason I'm sad it didn't get a sequel is so they could explain that goddamn ending. <laughs> Marky Mark's that is that is the biggest cliffhanger that never got answered. That never got the... answered. Like, there's been TV shows that have been canceled off the air and, and they never get an ending. This is a movie. This is a this franchise is a that ended with a big swift kick to the nuts. <laughs> and it's like, well, we're not going to make any more. Basically, you should just turn it off before that last 
two minutes. Yeah, the after movie. the battle, like when Marky yeah. Mark gets in the spaceship and flies into space. Just imagine that he just flew off and rode Turn off into off. the sunset. He, he made it home. He made it home. Instead, we got uh, Ape Lincoln and some bullshit. <laughs> Fuck that movie. All right, we'll pick out one last one. All right, one more. We'll do. Uh, We'll do another one that I'm interested to see what you would call it. The Karate Kid. The Jaden Smith Karate Jaden Kid? Jaden Smith Karate Kid. That movie's kid. legit. It is good. Jaden Smith Karate Kid. I am upset that they did not make a sequel before Jaden Smith lost his damn mind and went to Mars or whatever. <laughs> um, because, thanks, Dad. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Um, because that movie's legit. Now, uh, some people had a problem with it because the kids were too young. I liked it because of that. Like, I liked that the kids... We got kids fighting... And beating each other up. <laughs> I don't know why, but I like that. Um, Jackie Chan was, is amazing in it. Like, just as from an acting standpoint, Jackie Chan is so, so good in it. And he's given a backstory that is so deep and so rich, and he plays it so well. Um, and it really is, I mean, it, it really is a big old love letter to China. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, there's that. Uh, but I really like that movie. I think that that movie is great. I did too. It gets it gets beat up a little bit. A little bit. But I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely enjoyed it. I definitely wanted to see more. I don't walk into more. Karate Kid expecting like an Oscar winning movie. No. I mean, if you it, gotta even, have have a kid, have him do karate, have a Mr. Miyagi type. But I think this is what happens. Like I said about remakes in general, this is the danger that you get into when you remake a beloved franchise. True. You know, Karate Kid, I don't think, is what looked at as, like, amazing like movie holy. making. But it's things that people, like, hold dear to them. Yeah. Watch on a Saturday afternoon when it's replaying for the 1,000th time. Right. And yelling at, sweep the leg, sweep, sweep the, the leg. leg. <laughs> Do you have a problem with that? Put him in a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not like trying to remake Ben-Hur, yeah. which is the dumbest idea ever <laughs> like they remade does anybody remember that they remade ben-hur last year movie made 20 million dollars i do only because i had to watch it yeah we had to watch it for our competition but um why why like why? literally what's the thought process behind remaking one of the greatest movies ever made you know it's i, I don't get it so I, we'll talk about a it. few more successful ones and then we'll get moving on to yes. uh, our, our monster movies yes we already talked about it a little bit but uh Star Trek. Yeah, very successful. Uh, they really, except, I mean, they, they really caught, number one, they caught lightning in a bottle with that cast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the cast is, is especially uh, the, the new Star Treks, which is what we're talking about. It would have been today. way too difficult to get the cast they have now. Now. Yeah. To get um, them all to join. You have, you have, every single one of them is, is doing something else. Um, except for, oddly enough, Zachary Quinto isn't, isn't really doing anything. Um, but you got Chris Pines in the DC universe, mm -hmm. Zoe Saldana's in the Marvel universe. They're all they're both blown up. Uh, John Cho's doing stuff. Um, Carl Urban is a, is a, a, the best bones, and Carl Urban oh, is absolutely. amazing. And he's getting all his own stuff too. Like he's in the next Thor movie. He getting that Marvel money. Who would you say was the biggest name going into that franchise? Going into that, the the biggest name that came when they first announced when they first that started, cast. Like, who was the biggest name? Um, man, that's a great question. Scotty. Yeah, definitely Simon yeah. Pegg. Simon Pegg. Definitely. Absolutely. Chris Pine and Chris with Chris Pine is a very, very, very close second. Yeah. But Simon Pegg had already gotten up pretty. But good that was following. really what made Chris Pine right to that next level. Right. Same year, another reboot started. Sherlock Holmes. Okay. 
All right, now Downey and now Tula. my brother-in-law Matt, uh, who I'm sure we'll have on this podcast at some point in time, maybe even to Got talk it. about Sherlock Holmes. A uh, big Sherlock Holmes fan, I love um, Sherlock Holmes. and he really likes those movies. I really like those movies. Um, I think that they offer. And there's only two, but they were both pretty good, and I think they offer a really unique take on Sherlock. Um, I can't speak as an American as to how they feel about having <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. playing Sherlock, but then again. You British fucks are playing our Superman, so, you know, quid pro quo, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I really like those movies, even though the first one was just kind of a generic mystery plot. Um, but when they brought Moriarty in the second one uh, and, and Jared – and they didn't cast a superstar either. They just cast a really good actor as Moriarty. Um, yeah, I really like those a lot. I could do. I could use another one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to skip over Batman because Batman's always There's being remade. There's so many, so and I love them. Really all, no really matter matter. what, except for Batman and Robin's big, one of the biggest pieces of shit ever made. I'll, I'll give us a short, brief stop at Casino Royale, only because I feel like it was the first time Bond was taken in a different light. Like, we went a whole different direction with 007. Right. We didn't stick to him just being this, you know, spy that's already established mm-hmm. out there doing crazy things. Mm-hmm. We we went to an origin story, really, yeah. for, for Bond. It started with him not even being a double O. Yeah. And so they very, very purposefully said, this is early Bond. Mm -hmm. Um, The only problem with that is they fucked up their whole timeline. It's true. Like, (laughs) as a a completionist, as somebody who likes these timelines and and chronologically speaking, like with the Marvel Universe, like, I love knowing that Iron Man 2 ends halfway through the Hulk, which came before it. Like, I love that kind of shit. And putting it all in order... um, Sony and um, whoever owns Marvel, uh, or not Marvel, uh, James Bond, EOS Productions, just decided to push the whole Jenga Tower over. Like, they didn't give a fuck anymore. They made these four movies as direct sequels to all of, as the one previous. Mm -hmm. And the other ones... Yeah, even even though they're the prequels... Supposed prequels or origin stories. You right. could you could never watch these four and then just pick up no. <laughs> with Roger Moore or wherever you wanted no. to do in there. It's super I mean, it's it's super weird in terms of a timeline thing. Now if you want to go and you want to make Bond anthology series now, like yeah, that's just keep interesting. It going from now. That's interesting. Well, like even if you wanted to just tell like because long form storytelling is is big now. Mm-hmm. At dark universes and Marvel universes and even on TV, television. HBO. Absolutely. Like telling a single story over ten episodes is uh, is normal now, and same thing with movies. Like telling a continuous story over five movies is normal practice now. So if they wanted to bring in some other group of people and and plan out the next four or five Bond movies and have that be a, a, a an overall sort of story, like that'd be interesting. But I love Casino Royale is one of my favorite Bond movies, but by the time they got to Spectre. I was like, I, I don't like my. It's like trying to think of eternity. Like your brain just kind of breaks. <laughs> Where is a little this going to keep going? This break, my brain doesn't break because there's a one or a zero missing somewhere. Yeah. All right, last one, because this kind of uh, feeds into a movie that we'll be talking about, I'm sure, here yes. in the coming weeks, and that's the Planet of the Apes. Yes. Coming back to the Planet of the Apes. Yes. With the successful version of it. Well, this is the 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 new Planet of the Apes movie is one of our like quietly like a great like adult franchise like and it's not like adult like r-rated but like like the, these movies are are deep they're they're 
they're complex in terms of their characters, in terms yeah. of their plot. Um, and they're really fucking good. Yeah, well, and we talked about how what's crazy about it is normally a franchise, you benefit from, like, think of any of the franchises we've been talking about. You benefit from reoccurring characters. And, yeah. you know, like Chris Pratt's always going to be, you know, Star-Lord in Guardians. Right. You know, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Well, he's Iron so Man. So you always benefit from people being excited to go see Robert Downey right. Jr. Right, Your only real reoccurring character character in Planet of the Apes is Caesar. Well, they're the, it's the apes. Like Caesar's, Well, I mean, and some of the apes, obviously. He's got his orangutan buddy, yeah. and he's got his gorilla buddy. Um, and but from a human standpoint, they like... Sh- they change him out. Yeah. It's yeah. In, the, in the first film, it was Franco. Franco, then And Old in the Man. second movie, it was Gary Oldman and Jason Clark. And yep. now this movie, we get crazy-ass Woody Harrelson and a little girl. Yeah. Um, which is funny because, like, because... And I think a lot of people have talked about this. We've talked about this with our... Co- I've talked about this with our coworker Jeremy, who hates these movies because he's very <laughs> pro-humanity and anti-ape. But these movies are basically allowing somehow, some some way, they're psychologically telling you, like... Don't root for the humans. Um, root for the apes. Yes, you as a human are somehow finding yourself rooting for the end right. of man, basically. And Jeremy, and Jeremy's <laughs> over here again. Our coworker Jeremy uh, is like, "Fuck the apes, humanity!" Like we would, like he thinks they're the most unrealistic movies. Not because they are talking apes, but because we would wipe them out. Like <laughs> because, like you give us automatic weapons and just go ahead, apes, come at us. So, but those are great movies. I'm so excited for War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, we're definitely going to talk about that later on, but uh, that's a really, really excellent franchise. Lots of remakes coming. Well, they're not done yet either. Well, so. some of the greatest remakes are monster movies, and that's sort of the main main theme of this week's podcast is is the mummy and monster movies in general. And we got into talking about what constitutes a monster movie, and apparently, according to the internet, it's like everything everything that like it monster movies are so big that they can have their own subgenres now like you can have sci-fi monster movies you can have comedy monster movies you can have big monster movies you can have superhero monster movies superhero monster movies you can have animal like animal attack movies are apparently monster movies um not just your godzillas and not just your uh, your Jawses, but uh, we wanted to go and we wanted to put together our our top 10 favorite monster movies um, and I'll go through my 10 first. Um, but before I do, I have a few that didn't make the cut. Most of them are apparently... Because you can't f- figure out 10. I, I can't figure out 10. Um, there's so many. I had 15, and that's... Uh, but I forced myself to stop there. <laughs> but, like, the like the first... Like, not the first Mummy, but the 1999 Mummy. Like, that's a really, really good adventure movie. Like, I really like that adventure movie. That That is, like, the prototypical... Just adventure movie to me. Shout like, out to Brendan Fraser. Shout out to Brendan Fraser. Pour one out to Brendan Fraser. He had a, he had a good run there, uh, but then you get you know you get two movies that really couldn't be more apart, like Aliens, like James Cameron's Aliens movie, and then King Kong. And when I say King Kong, I mean every version of King Kong, like the old, like the original '30s Kong. The there's Peter, like 18 the if Peter, you count all true. the uh, Japanese ones. The King Kong versus Godzilla, which is not great. Um, <laughs> The Peter Jackson Kong is really great. And the new Kong Skull Island is really great, too. Like, I really enjoyed all three of those movies, and they're all, they tell very similar stories. Um, and then uh, my my final ones that didn't, 
didn't quite make the cut are my uh, are my um, water based movies, my Deep Blue Sea, um, which is the second best How shark movie you. ever made. It's the <laughs> second best shark movie ever made. Um, Deep Rising, which is a fantastic little bee monster movie <laughs> with Treat Williams and all these mercenaries on a cruise ship fighting this giant fucking thing. Like, it's sort of an octopus, but not really. And that's got some really good gory stuff. And then Piranha. And I'm talking Piranha 3D. No, he's talking Piranha 3 double D. No, I am not. <laughs> I cannot justify that movie. Um, that movie is wrong in so many ways. We'll have to put a disclaimer that this is not suitable for children if he starts talking about some of his favorite scenes from Piranha. You really should. Well, that was, well, if we really want to get be honest about it, Piranha 3 double D got a little too into the double D for me. Like, That's saying something for Rick, too. A little too, too, little too much. Too, yeah, it is saying something. Um, but Piranha 3D was such, it was such a well-made, cheesy, shitty monster movie. Like, Which is weird to say, but it's a movie about stupid-ass prehistoric piranhas. But the makeup effects and the gore are amazing in that movie. And that movie owns what it is. And that's why it's like that's why it's ten like ten B. This is when you know he's the movie lover because he's I'm, raving about Piranha. I'm not alone here. I'm not alone here. Okay, I'm not. I'm. 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 I'm not on an island. I, I, there are people out there who agree with me. Um, but going into my top ten movies, and these are in no particular order. Um, but uh, I have a ton of them. Um, and a lot of them are remakes. So let's you should, get, o- you should only have ten. I do have if ten. You're doing a top I, ten. I do. Have you shouldn't have a ton of them. If I you mean, only have ten. there are. They're, so, they're all so good. <laughs> but um, let's crank out the remakes really quickly because I have three remakes in here. I believe I have three um, that are uh, the best versions of remakes. And I'm talking about the Thing, the Fly, and the Blob. The Thing, John Carpenter's remake in the 80s, is one of the greatest horror movies ever made. It's one of the greatest practical effects movies ever made. I love gross, bloody monster movies. I love them. And this is one of the grossest. And all three of these remakes took their old 40s, 50s, 60s version and just were like, fuck it. More blood, more guts, and more creature effects. And and they were all made in the 80s, which is like the heyday of practical effects. So The Thing is is one of my favorite monster movies of all time. But then Cronenberg made The Fly with Jeff Goldblum, which has some of the best makeup that's ever been done. And it's gross as shit. It's got the fly <laughs> thrown up on people's arms and watching them melt off. It's so violent. <laughs> but it's so emotional. Like It makes that first fly look like bullshit. Um, and it's really, really good. And then the least lesser of the three remakes is The Blob, um, which was made in the 80s with uh, with uh, Kevin Dillon, with uh, Johnny Drama from Entourage. That's right. Um, as, the, as the lead, he's the biker, he's the bad boy, and all that. And that movie is another one that is just super atmospheric, and it's super violent and gross, and The Blob is like this dissolving force that will cr- crush you up and pull you down into a sink or does I like they kill kids in that movie and there's something to be said about that that's ballsy um so those are my my three remakes um and then I have my uh, my giant monster movies which are like the host which is a, a wonderful korean movie made by uh, Bong Joon-ho um it's super weird because it's funny as much as it is scary um tremors kevin bacon 
underground underground worms like that's a movie i watched so many times as a kid i can't even tell you uh and then jaws which is the giant shark um actually all these are pretty much giant movies jaws jurassic park the two spielberg movies (laughs) which again i don't know that i would necessarily consider those quote-unquote monster Monster movies. movies those are more animal attack movies but according to the internet they fall underneath monster movie and you can't not have Jaws and Jurassic Park on there. Two of the greatest movies of all time. Um, and then and then <laughs> we'll follow that up with Starship Troopers, which I think is the first <laughs> which I think is the first R rated movie I saw in the theaters. Um, which God bless my dad. He he my dad took me to see Starship Troopers um because he knew there was giant monsters in it and and people fighting them. And he's like, oh, Ricky will definitely love that. And he was right. But what he didn't know was, A, how fucking bloody it was going to be, and B, how many naked ladies were going to be in it. And so he was kind of like, oh, shit, I didn't know this is, ooh, this, this is a little rough. Um, and that made Ricky the that, man he is. And that made me who I am today. The Piranha 3 Double D pretty much (laughs) encapsulates all of that. Um, But my last one is actually a double combo because I can't do 10 movies. It's impossible. Um, And it's Gremlins 1 and 2 uh, by Joe Dante. Two very, very different movies um, that play off of one. Gremlins 1 is one of those perfect, like, not adult movie like it's 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 enough for kids to see but it's scary as fuck like there are scenes in the first gremlins <laughs> that are terrifying um like when all of the when they jump into the pool and all the gremlins walk out of the shadows onto the snow which by the way gremlins walking onto the snow that's water they would probably just keep duplicating and the world would be fucked never discussed let's remake it um and then gremlins 2 which was a complete parody of the first movie like they managed to make a sequel that was a total parody of the first movie it was way funnier it wasn't very scary although it had some really quality moments in it um and they just cranked it up to 11 and so uh i think uh oh i did not mention i think my very last one which is the great one of the greatest horror movies ever made and one of the most uh, dark depressing nihilistic amazing endings ever which is Stephen King's The Mist directed by Frank Darabont Um, that movie's amazing and that's the same thing it's bloody it's gross and it's just it's it's as much about the monsters in The Mist as it is about the monsters that that humanity becomes when shit goes goes down so to speak Uh, and so that is that's my rant on my top 10 actually top 16 favorite movies all right um, well, I've got a lot of repeats in there as well. Um, That's right, you do. But and and I'll I'll say full disclosure, I am not as into the the bloody horror type monster movies out there. I think you also have to think about whether you know movies like like is the Jason movie a monster movie like he's not really a human mm. he's not really a monster it's true it's more a slasher know. movie more slasher movie but anyways that's not on my list anyway so I'll, I'll quickly go through the repeats for me i had gremlins on there i had the mist uh i have deep blue sea in my top 10 uh i have jaws uh i have king kong in there so those are some of my repeats um also for me i have so I, because I'm not as much into the monster, bloody, crazy, you know, those types of movies, um, I have some that are probably borderline in another direction. Okay. Uh, but they were also on the list for monster movies, according to uh-huh. the internet. And uh-huh. if the internet says it, then 
then it's a monster movie. Okay. Uh, so we'll start out with uh, we'll start out with Reign of Fire. Good old Christian Good Bale. Good old Christian Bale. Great. It's dragon got a dragon. Movie. Crazy ass McConaughey. I love the way McConaughey dies because <laughs> the previews to that movie make you think, oh man, this is going to be like some epic kill for Matthew McConaughey. He's right. He's jumping off the clock tower. This old like old school axe in his Battle hand. Battle axe. And when you see the movie and see how that scene actually transpires, it's kind of a downer. It's a little different. But it's also perfect. Yeah. That was a great movie. So, Christian Bale, crazy Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Can't beat it. Yep. So Gerard love, Butler, too. Gerard Butler, absolutely. Yeah. Some big names in there before they were really big. Um, also on my list, um, another for some reason... I remember seeing this when I shouldn't have seen this and watching it really <laughs> late at night with my sister's friends, and that's Pitch Black. Ooh! Watching that at like 11 o'clock at night when you're probably 10 or 11 yeah. at the time. Probably, yeah. <laughs> that's a good movie. It's, it's a great movie. Good old Vin Diesel. That's brought Vin on the map. That, that did bring... And then they tried to continue remaking yeah. Pitch Black. Not, not going back to uh, Riddick is pretty much just pitch black all over again. Yes, they they finally said, you know what, we want to milk one more movie out of yeah. this. We're just gonna go back to what Pitch Black was and remake. Yeah, yeah, you were you weren't even a freshman in high school when no. that came out. No, I was junior high, I think. Then. God, uh, big fan of that movie. Um, let's see some of my other ones on here. I'm a big fan of uh, Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, oh, that's interesting. Going going old school. Old school, yeah, that's my old school. A lot of lot. I did not go old school on many of mine. I enjoy it. It's classic. It is a classic. Um, one that I don't know that you would have even thought of, but it may have been at least on your honorable mentions list. Little Shop of Horrors. Would you call that a monster movie? (laughs) Yeah. Oh shit! I one of my one of my favorite musicals of all time. A obviously. monster musical. Monster musical. Yeah, that's on my list. Yeah, that's I on figured my list. it would be. Oh yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. Feed me, Seymour. I can't believe I forgot that. I'm upset that I forgot that. I know. I was gonna I was gonna tell him going into it, but I was gonna you, tell you purpo- going into it. And you purposely held it. I purposely off. held it back just so you I could point it out. Son of a bitch! That's a great movie. That's so good. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and rounding out mine, I have uh, Cloverfield as well, which I I really enjoyed Cloverfield. Okay. Um, you know, different different type of movie, and I really like what they're doing with all the Cloverfield movies in general. So. Yeah. But those are my top ten. A uh, little bit different take, but um, yeah, Little Shop of Horrors, man, you missed it. I I'm upset that that's on your list and that's not <laughs> on my list. Um, all right, Steve Martin. I love Steve Martin. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Fucking the dentist, the, the dentist, Bill Murray and Rick Moranis, and That's... oh my god, that's gonna eat me for a while. Um, all right, so Feed let's me. so let's talk about let's talk about the 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 newest monster movie to come out, The Mummy, and we're gonna give a spoiler free take on it first. Um, but as as you may or may not know, Universal Studios is planning on remaking or rebooting um, all of their old school monster movies as their quote unquote dark universe. They want to get into the universe building game, and a lot of people kind of, kind of shit on it like early because you know everything's a universe now. But I'm all for it. Like like I said, it's the golden age of storytelling. Like we we're telling long form stories and interconnected stories, and not just these one off movies as much anymore. 
Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, I want to see all of the new monster movies. Um, re- you, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> We're going to talk about this later. Uh, completely distracted. I'm down with all of the seeing all the monster movies redone and brand new and the new effects and the new makeup effects and seeing them done in new ways. I like that. Um, the mummy though, coming out and being sort of the first part of this dark universe, um, not getting a lot of great reviews. A lot of people shitting on it. Just, just whatever, for whatever reason, like that, that just saying that it's not good or whatever. And, um, I, for the most part, disagree. Uh, and again, we won't get into spoilers just right off this bat here because we'll just give our initial reactions. Um, but I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. Like, it's not a great movie. Like, I think it's a solid B, B minus. Um, I might not even tell people that they have to rush to the theaters to see it. Um, but like, Tom Cruise is great in it. Like, Tom Cruise plays a. I th- I think because I've seen a lot of reviews like Tom Cruise just plays Tom Cruise, and that's what he always does. Yeah, he's always Tom Cruise. Um, and I really like the twists that his character took in this movie, where he's not quite a good guy. He's a bit more of a scoundrel than you're used to seeing Tom Cruise. Um, he's a bit more of a prick, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um. And I just liked the idea. I, I loved Russell Crowe. I really liked having him as a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved this. I mean, there's. it's not a big movie. Like, even though it's got some big pieces to it, it's not a very large movie. There's only about, f- like, I don't know, like eight speaking parts, yeah. ten speaking parts, like main roles in the whole movie. Um Annabelle Wallace is the main, the main scientist lady. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it helps that she's extremely attractive um, <laughs> because I'm a red-blooded straight American male, and I won't apologize for that. But I actually really liked her character, too. She really held her own with Tom Cruise and was like, stop giving me shit and do what I tell you to do kind of thing. And, and I bought that. Um, and Jake Johnson, I actually really liked what they did with his character, and we'll get into it in a little bit. But um, he, his character goes through some interesting twists and turns as well and i thought that it was it was nice having him along yeah. um but probably my favorite part of the movie was uh sophia botella as as the titular uh titular titular the title card the title name the mummy i didn't know where you're going with that at it's first. the the it's like when when someone plays a character uh that is the movie is named after like the titular I think is the correct way to say it. Although I know what you're trying to do, David, and that's not what I'm trying to say. You were just talking about being a red-blooded male. I I understand how it seems, but the movie is called The Mummy, and she plays The Mummy. She's playing the title (laughs) character. She's the title character. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, And I really liked what they did with her um, because they really made her a character, and she was genuinely... um, She was both sensual and threatening, and... um, you know, there's no secret that she's going to show up and kill some people, but the way that she did it, uh, I thought fit with her character. And I thought that there were a lot of moments where she was very, very creepy whilst at the same time, like having a decent character motivation for a quote unquote monster. Um, and I thought they did a pretty good job with that. And I thought, you know, 
with the with the mummies nowadays, you know, you got to change their look and you got to change their look has to kind. I mean, once the 1999 movie came out and the mummy started as just like a walking rotting corpse and looked awesome. You got to do that same thing and they pretty much do the same thing here although she doesn't spend too much time as a rotting corpse. As a rotting corpse. But I, I, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. My, my biggest problems with it is I think the tone is all over the place. Um, it's not as adventurous as the previous Brendan Fraser mummy movie, which is a weird thing to say. Um, it's also not very scary. Um, but then again, I don't get scared by much. Um, it does have sort of a creepy factor going going with it. Like scenes with the mummy are very, very creepy. Um, but... I thought it's it's still all right. Like aside from aside from the fact that I think a mummy movie that's supposed to be adventurous is set in London, that is just filmed in and the color tones for the movie are just gray, gray. and blue and dreary old London. Like I I don't know. It didn't give me too much of a sense of adventure. Uh, but by the end of the like the first part of the movie that's set in Iraq. It was like I really enjoyed, and the end and the very end of the movie I really enjoyed because it like gives you kind of that setup for more to come. Um, but yeah, I mean it's fine. Like I don't understand why like a movie can't just be fine. Like it's good. It's okay. It's it's a B. It's a B B minus movie. Um, it's not the greatest movie ever made, and it probably isn't exciting some of the freaking nerds on the internet who are who write blogs now, which you know. I, I count myself as amongst them. Now. You are now one of them. I am one of them now. Um, but it's fine. I enjoyed it. I'd like to see more. Yeah, I. You know what? I I enjoyed it. Um, like you said, it's it's not anything that's going to make me rave and rave and all that kind of stuff. But I did like it's sort of setting the table for this new dark universe that we're going to have. Um, like you said, I I loved. Um, I thought the actors were all really good. Um, there's selections on that, and I think that's going to be a theme as we talk about this more, that it just seems like they're doing a really good job on paper of casting these movies in the dark universe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for me, I mean, again, this comes back to what we were talking about earlier with reboots and remakes is anytime it, you know, had there never been a Brendan Fraser mummy movie, you wouldn't be saying it's not quite as adventurous as the Brendan Fraser mummy movie. And, and so I think that's something that you always run into with it, but you know, and again, even for me, you know, I'm not as huge a fan of the Br Brendan Fraser one. It was a fun movie, but I don't look on it as endearingly as you do. Um, but at the same time, the big scene in this is her going through London and, and sort of the quote-unquote sandstorm yeah. in London, but the final climax is done in a sewer, basically. Right, in a, in a dark London tomb. Like, it's not in some giant desert with sand monsters and all these crazy things right. like you traditionally would think. Or it's not think. even an Egyptian tomb. No, no, it's... It's, it's a crusade tomb. It's crusader's tomb. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so it's a little bit not quite what I expected in, in some ways, but... I think what this movie was more intended to do was kind of lay the ground uh, for this dark universe, you know, introduce you to Jekyll, introduce you to obviously the mummy. Right. Um, so I think you had that. I will say, though, this shouldn't come as a spoiler to anybody, but spoiler alert. 
spoiler alert just in case we'll get let's let's pull the veil down right now so before we get into the spoilers we both enjoyed it for what it was it ain't the greatest movie in the world but it's a solid start i like to see more i like the idea of what universal wants to do by making big superstars the center of these monster movies yeah okay spoilers ahead now you if if this is all you've listened to spoilers from this point on all right all right first two spoilers yes tom cruise runs a lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. And Tom Cruise has his shirt off multiple times. Tom Cruise in this goes. Movie. Tom Cruise goes full Monty in this. He movie. does go full Monty. He's been he's been hitting leg day. His quads looked real good. If if there's two things you can always count on from Tom Cruise movies, one that he will run. Right. Think back to any Tom Cruise movie he you've seen. He runs from he everything. Pretty much everything. runs from or to everything. Yep. His same. He's he same running motion. He didn't run in Tropic Thunder though. He didn't. <laughs> or born on the 4th of July. Because <laughs> he's in a wheelchair. Ouch. Ouch. I'm going to skip over Ricky's ins- insensitivity on That's that one. That's a statement of fact. But he also finds a way, and I feel like this has happened more with age, is that he always has his shirt off at some point. I think it's mostly to say, look, I'm over 50 now. And I'm still in really good shape. He's in great shape. He's got that old man muscle, though. But like all the Mission Impossible movies, he usually finds some point to take his shirt yep. off. You know, yep, Jack Reacher's, he always has it, you know. So So now that we're talking about spoilers, let's touch on spoilers just a, a real quick bit um, before we talk about the future of the Dark Universe. Um, but I really, like, a lot of people shit on what they did with Jake Johnson's character because they said it was ripping off American Werewolf in London. Which, listen, American Werewolf in London did do that that thing where the friend came back and was like the sidekick that had been dead. That being said, American Werewolf in London was like 30 years ago, and it's something that's never been done since then. And I don't understand like why we can remake these movies and do pretty much the same thing, and it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting, or oh, yeah, they did it before. Like It makes sense to me that they pulled something or paid homage to something in an old a horror movie and i liked the the look of his character was was appropriately creepy with his eye and and the fact that he's dead the whole time but but playing tom cruise's like sidekick and popping up every now and then yeah like, and and for, i like that well and for someone who doesn't read the spoilers prior to the movie i had no idea where his character was going when I the totally, movie when I the totally mo- knew what was happening no, yeah i figured okay when the movie started and he died shortly into it right i was like wow he's like one of the bigger names in this movie and he's already been killed off right and obviously then he keeps coming back throughout the whole movie um which made a whole lot more sense at that point right but for me i was like man i kind of i i enjoy jake johnson right and i like his characters normally and he to me was what was needed in that movie was some well-needed comic relief Some, some levity yeah and so it was fun for me to see him come back. And, and again, like you said, I mean, people need to get over themselves with this whole like, oh, this was been done before. The entire movie industry has been done Everything's before. Everything's been done before. Like, we just talked about how many freaking remakes and reboots just, there are. It's putting a different spin on it. Like the yeah. Sandstorm is a great example of that. Like, yes, every Mummy movie has a Sandstorm. The first Mummy movies, the, the, the Brandon Fraser, like every single fucking one of them had a Sandstorm. 
And I was thinking that same thing, like, oh, they're doing a sandstorm again or whatever. But they did this one in London, and when I was watching the previews, and as we were going through the movie, I knew what we were getting to. Like, I knew we were going to get to the point where Tom Cruise got out around a sandstorm in London. <laughs> but I couldn't figure out, like, where the fuck are they going to get sand from? And the way that they did it by, with her powers crushing all of the glass and windows and turning it into sand, I thought was really unique, and I really liked that bit. Um, I thought her sucking the life out of people by making out with them fit with her character. And I like that's how she created uh, henchmen being in London because there's not just a bunch of mummies sitting around like there are in Egypt, apparently, according to the first film, where literally henchmen just popped up like randomly. So I like that she had like the four main henchmen and then she uh, used all the crusaders uh, bodies as henchmen and stuff like that. And I like that. And I like that she had the character motivation. Um, I, I really thought like that was an interesting story point making Tom Cruise this cursed character um, that the mummy was pursuing um, and having him fight with the morality of it like you can be a god like you can live forever and things like that I, I was really interested into that kind of stuff like that stuff I thought was was a decent addition yeah I think I think the thing with it is, even though, like you said earlier, Tom Cruise is maybe a little bit more of a scoundrel than right. he normally is. Right. He was still Tom Cruise. He's still Tom so Cruise. It was pretty light on right. the scoundrel stuff. He started redeeming himself very quickly in that movie. Right. And even with the temptation of being a god, like you never really thought he was going to go that route. Like it's no. Tom Cruise. Like no. Tom Cruise is. I don't think he's ever been a bad guy in a movie other than kind of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, well, it's also he, the only time he's been overweight. He's overweight and bald. Um, well, like the fact that they, like, he's gives her the parachute, but he's like, I thought there was more parachutes. Like, I didn't sacrifice myself. Or when he's just driving away and he's, like, going to leave her behind. She, Were you going to leave me behind? Did you see that? Like, <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff I really enjoyed. For sure. Um uh, I, I do want to touch on the soundtrack really bit because you know I, I love soundtracks and I thought Brian Tyler did an okay job. Most of the movie is like creepy mummy music, like oh, you know, and shit like that. But I thought that there was a nice subtle theme, particularly at the very end. Once we get spoilers, if you got made it this far, just this is a big fucking spoiler. Once we get fucking Tom Cruise mummy, which I'm I'm in for. By the way, I'm in. Am, am, am I in or am I out on Tom Cruise mummy? Mummy, I'm in. And I'm also going to call him Tom Cruise mummy because that's what he is. But by the time Tom Cruise stabs himself and gets possessed by an Egyptian god and then runs off. And when he's riding on horseback with the resurrected Jake Johnson in the desert. What? With, well, yep, uh, spoiler alert, Jake Johnson dies, is, is sort of a ghost throughout the entire movie. And then is resurrected by Tom Cruise's god, mummy god powers. Which, again, I understand saying that is fucking ridiculous. But I'm into it. Like it's it's a weird it's a weird monster movie. But when they're when they're riding and he's like and he's got the he's got the little wraps on his hand, and I was like, oh, Tom Cruise mummy, and the the sand the big sandstorms following them and the music swells. I'm like, that's the fucking movie I want to see more of. And you got me at and I enjoyed the rest of your movie, but that got me into the next movie for sure because that was a really good ending. Now let's wrap up just real quickly because we got to wrap up soon. But I do want to talk about the Dark Universe for future 
and I think there will be a Dark Universe future, even yep. though it's not going to make a lot of money here in America. It might be lucky to crack 100 mil in America. Um, but apparently, China loves mummies and Tom Cruise. It's going to do big international Tom dollars. Cruise. Tom Cruise sells. So here is the current cast, the actual announced cast for the Dark Universe. The mummy currently is can be two people. It can be the lady mummy who ended quote-unquote dead, but also reburied, mm-hmm. um, and then Tom Cruise mummy. Uh, we got Javier Bardem as Frankenstein. Awesome. Frankenstein's monster. Awesome. We got Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man. We got Russell Crowe as Jekyll and Hyde. He was already great. He was already... He really... I enjoyed it. And I loved his Hyde, especially. Although, like, I like the versions of Hyde where he turns into a gigantic monster, I thought this Hyde was pretty appropriate for the universe. I just like that he goes Irish when he's... Yeah, he goes, like, Cockney Irish. He's like, oh, they're not going to let us in. It was really good how they how they made that switch. Um, English they, English and Irish. I don't know if the Irish appreciate it, but... Uh, right, like, oh, so the evil guy's Irish? Is that what we're saying? The good guy's English. Um, and then the lady mummy... mummy like I said, Sophia Botella. Um, but we got all kinds of fantasy casting. Like they've, been, it's been rumored that they want Angelina Jolie for the Bride of Frankenstein, which be appropriate. That checks. Yeah, like that's that would be very very appropriate. Um, they also this one. You go ahead and say the one, the Wolfman. You go ahead and I, w- I would like to react to this one. Ricky's uh, Ricky's pick for the next president of the United States. Damn right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Wolfman. Yes, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. However, I don't think that's a good bit. <laughs> I don't think that. I think Dwayne Johnson can make anything great. You know, I'm, a, I'm one of the biggest fans of The Rock. I'll be the first one there campaigning for his presidential <laughs> run. I don't give a shit. But I think the Wolfman should be played by somebody who is not already a fucking monster. <laughs> The Rock is a monster in and of himself. He's already a wolf, man. Like literally, what are we gonna do? Just put hair on him? <laughs> like the when when like Benicio played the Wolf Man or any other character played the Wolf Man, like they're a tepid, you know, fairly normal guy that turns into this hulking brute. The Rock is a hulking brute already. What is he gonna turn into? That's that's the tough part too. Is that Benicio is like the perfect. He was Cass a great wolf for man. Wolfman. And that's a good movie. I like that movie. And it was a good movie. Yeah. So the the bar is pretty high for who you cast as Wolfman next. I think that that is fucking crazy. That that's is crazy. the one thing. And, and as much as I love The Rock, I'm like, what exactly are your plans there? <laughs> um, but some of the ones... It's a that, rumor. Too. It's, it is a rumor. But if that's true, like, what is your plan? Um, here are some of the ones that they don't currently have cast yet. Now, Dracula is a big one because they already made that Dracula Unleashed or Unborn. I can't even remember the name of it. Dracula 2000. No, it wasn't 2000. It was it was, it was was one of those Dracula Unborn or Unleashed. I'm sure you'll find it. But they cast Luke Evans as Dracula, who went on to be the villain in, I think it was Fast 6, and who was Gaston in the Beauty and the Beast remake. So Dracula Untold. Untold. I knew it was Unsomething. Um, and so, but, and that was originally supposed to be the start of this whole connected universe. But that movie made like $4. So odds are, at the rate that they're going now, they ain't bringing Luke Evans back to Dracula. Eh, probably not. So we'll start with Dracula. Dracula, uh, who, who, like, we, we, like, fan, let's fan cast Dracula really quickly. Um, and it depends on what kind of Dracula they want to go with. Because, again, there is a question of, like, um, 
what's the point of all this? Like, is this dark universe going to end with them all teaming up to fight somebody? And if so, who's that going to be? And in my opinion, I think it would be Dracula. It'd be like Monster Squad. And in Monster Squad, they all teamed up to fight Dracula. Um, so if they do that, like, they could go barbarian Dracula, like they did with Dracula Untold. Or they could go sexy Dracula, like how he's, like, seductive Dracula. Um, and they got to go big. you got to get a big name. And well, yeah, with the names they have for the other With the names roles. they have for this one, like, if you cast some bumblefuck... Then it ain't you know no one's gonna care. Yeah. So who are, who would you throw out a couple names? Fantasy cast Dracula for me here. We talked about this briefly after the movie, but we did. What about the? Uh, we we both agreed this may not be safe, but uh, how about Jared Leto? <laughs> okay. Um. Jared. Well, Jared Leto's cashing in a lot. He would straight. Turn into Dracula. Yeah, I uh, no, we should not have Jared Leto do this because I would, we his health would be in danger. He would literally, he would, you were right, he would start drinking blood. He would have his teeth pulled out. And he replaced. would be sleeping in a coffin. He'd be sleeping in a coffin. We can't have Jared Leto do this role. <laughs> that would be uh, detrimental to his health. And I think that we should. Could say, you imagine the stories from the set oh with my like God. what they already said about what happened on Suicide Squad, right. with how he acted as Joker? Like Jared Leto doesn't want any sunlight around. Like he yeah. won't go outside during the day. Yeah, He's biting people. Yeah, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> we can't have that. Um, I think that we could go with a uh, now. If you wanted to go with a big name, relatively big name, you could go Jude Law. Yeah, Jude I can Law. See Jude, Law. Jude Law, who just recently got cast as young Dumbledore in the new in the Fantastic Beast series, so he's gonna be hot again. So we could bring in Jude Law as a Dracula. He could play that role. He could play sinister. He could play seductive and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Or you could go. I think this would be a real good one because he's already played a vampire. But you could go Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. I think we're looking for. He was in Kong. He was kind of a non-factor in Kong, although he was fine. But nobody remembers Tom, remembers Tom Hiddleston in Kong. Um, I think he would make a very good Dracula. I think he would make a very... I mean, he's already a great villain as Loki. And he can probably be seductive. Um, he's British, so that shit comes naturally to most of them. Um, I think he'd make a great Dracula. I think so too. We want to know. We want to. Oh, who else do we got? Uh, before we get into, we got the creature from the. We won't. We won't fan cast these because some of them are are a little weird. It's kind of hard to do creature from the black. How do you figure. fan? Like, I think the creature would just be the creature, and you would have another Tom Cruise type. I think be his like name the is CGI. CGI. They better not, man. They better go fucking practical with that. All they right. could. Um, creature from the Black Lagoon, Dracula, and then Phantom of the Opera. Doesn't was the, was the other big one? Doesn't what's his name just play all the creatures? Uh, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis, yeah, that's a great idea. Actually, <laughs> that's a great fucking idea. We get Andy Serkis in to play the creature, um, and then Phantom of the Opera, which you don't typically associate Phantom of the Opera with the Universal monster movies, but it very much is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Phantom of the Opera, I don't know. I don't even know what direction know what you could do with that too. You could do Tom Hiddleston. You could do any British guy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but we want to know 
who you would fan cast as in the Dark Universe and the remaining Dark Universe movies. We want to know who do you think should be the Bride of Frankenstein, who do you think should be the Wolfman, the Phantom of the Opera, Dracula, and if you can think of any of the older universal monster movies that they could remake as part of this dark universe we want to hear about it so that's going to do it for us here we want to know what you think we want to know your fan cast suggestions uh and we want to know them on twitter on facebook and on instagram you can find us at the popcorn diet or you can go to popcorndietpodcast.com please thank you so much for listening but don't forget to like rate and subscribe wherever you've listened to this we very very much appreciate it um other than that we will see you next time at the movies david thank you again for as your time. always always a pleasure always a pleasure we'll see you next time